Good morning. Before I begin, I'll turn this off. Okay. Uh, before I begin, we did find a cell phone in the men's room. If you're missing Corey. Good morning. Uh, I'm getting used to this wireless mic, but uh, over the 20 plus years that I've been a member in this church, I have been given a few opportunities to preach, and I've always appreciated these opportunities. Uh, I find preaching the last Sunday of the year is the most exciting Sunday. Uh, because all week long, we've been barraged in the media, what happened in 2013. We're thinking what happened in 2013. We're going to begin to be barraged with what's going to happen in 2014. And we are thinking what's going to happen in 2014. And so there is an abundance of scripture to find that relates to that particular situation. Last summer, we went to New Mexico to visit my parents. And we were driving from the airport. They live in a very rural area. And we were driving at night. And Sarah was driving. Not to make fun of Sarah. But she grew up in New York. She learned to drive in New York. There's light lampposts every so often in New York. You can see. They have reflectorized pavement markings. And they have these little things on the side of the road that reflect back at you called guideposts. Well, this particular highway we're driving in New Mexico has none of that. And it has, it's a hilly terrain. So you're going around curves, up hills, down hills. And I got scared for the way she was driving. So finally I said, Sarah, you have to stop and let me drive. And I drove. And I'm not sure I'm a better driver than Sarah. But... That's the road that I learned to drive on. So I, was, I haven't been on that road in years, but I'm somewhat familiar with it. But they don't have the markings. So we're coming down the road, and the, beams, the headlight beams are going straight this way, and you see complete darkness. But the road dips and turns to the left. I mean, it was not fun. <laughs> Praise God, we made it. But we need, you know. New Mexico government needs to learn, what New York State government learned is, you need to put reflectorized stripes on the road, you need to put those little delineators on the side. Maybe out in the middle of nowhere you don't want to put light poles, I'm okay with that. But at least, you know, mark the road so you can see it at night. Uh, and as we think about going ahead into 2014, I think most of us would like to be richly blessed by God. Okay? And sometimes we're not sure how that's going to happen, but there are guidelines in the Bible for us to know how to do. And that's what we want to look at this morning. Vijay read the passage already, Malachi chapter 3. We're not going to look at the whole chapter. We're going to start at verse 6. Malachi chapter 3 and verse 6. And shall we open with a word of prayer? Heavenly Father, we thank you so much that this is the last Sunday in the year. You have gotten us through many different things. 
and you have blessed us, and we are once again gathered with others of like faith that we have grown to love and cherish. And Lord, um, all of this is because you have worked in our hearts with your spirit, and we are so appreciative, O oh God, of what you have done in our lives. And yet, as we look hope ahead to 2014, we might be a little concerned what's going to happen. Will the care be there? And as we look into the passage this morning, O oh Lord, we can look at a people who learned that they can count on you for blessing. Help us this morning, O oh Lord, to project ahead, knowing that you are with us. And we just thank you in Jesus' name for this opportunity. I've been told that my, my jacket doesn't match my tie, so if you don't mind. <laughs> Malachi chapter 3, verses 6 to 18. This is a, among my favorite portions in all of the scripture. And, uh, and yes, it's Old Testament. Um, and I don't value the Old Testament more than the New Testament. I value it all. It is the Word of God. I may not know how to apply all of it, but I know it's all from God for me. Verse 6. For I am the Lord, I change not, therefore you sons of Jacob are not consumed. This verse um, is about the mercy of God. Um, if we took, take a look at the history of the sons of Jacob, as a nation of Israel, they knew great glory and great power. Their king David and King Solomon were some of the greatest kings ever to walk on the face of the earth. And the sons of Jacob lived in those days, and they were happy, if you follow scripture. They had an abundance of everything, and they were feared by their enemies and surrounding kingdoms. And something happened after, during the life of Solomon, late, late in Solomon's life and following, and they stopped following God. They stopped obeying his, his commands. And the principal command was, they made gods instead of God, and they followed those gods. And God repeatedly warned them. He repeatedly told them, knock it off, repent, and I'll return to you. I'll give you strength again. I will bless you again. But they didn't listen. And eventually, they were sent into captivity because of their sin. While they were in captivity, there had been a promise. Before they went to captivity, they would be released from captivity. And we know... Uh, that they were, they were. The books of Ezra, Nehemiah, Esther, and many of the Old Testament prophets were written after that release from captivity. And these people in the day of Malachi were among those people. So they, they had known the great history of Israel, and they came out of the captivity. Maybe when they came out of Babylon, they were thinking, we're going to be great again. And uh, they weren't. They were a defeated people. Uh, the surrounding nations were purposely trying to keep them from serving God. We know, uh, we know they did not have an easy life. We read in Haggai chapter 6, the people had so much and they brought in little. They ate, but they were not full. They drank, but they were not filled with liquid. They had clothing, but they were not warm. And they were earning wages, but there were wages that were being put in a bag of holes. We know they were not prospering. Life must have seemed very difficult to them. And uh, 
perhaps they felt that God had not blessed them, but they felt they deserved God's blessing. This statement, for I am the Lord, I change not. Therefore, ye sons of Jacob are not consumed, reminds me of when Moses was put in the cleft of the rock and God said, I am everlasting and I am merciful. He is merciful. He hasn't changed. He hasn't changed. Maybe the people could not understand why God had not prospered them. Let us go to verses 7 through 15. In particular, um, In particular, verse 14, you have said, it is vain to serve God, and what profit is it that we have kept his ordinance, and that we have walked mournfully before the, walking mournfully is an illustration of being sorrow, or in repentance, okay? So here the people, they don't understand, we've done what you want, Lord, uh, uh, we followed your ordinances, God says, you didn't follow the ordinance, uh, he says, you robbed me. They said, how have we robbed me? Verse 8. But you say, wherein have we robbed thee in tithes and offerings? Says God, you are cursed with a curse, for you have robbed me. Even this whole nation, he's saying, has robbed him. Bring ye all the tithes into the storehouse, that there may be meat in mine house. And prove me now herewith, saith the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour you out a blessing, that there shall not be room enough to receive it. Uh, they, they, they did not. They thought they were following God. They thought they should have gotten great, great blessings, and they didn't have it. Um, he had brought them out of captivity. He had kept them alive. He had taken this nation of people, and he had put it in a spot where they, he just made a nation for them to live in. And, and they didn't appreciate any of that. And um, it's difficult. I don't, I don't fault them. You know, I understand that. I, I do. I understand. Sometimes we think God is not blessing us, even though He has given us blessings. And I think one of the problems here is when we compare the people of Malachi with the people of, in, of Numbers, the twelve thousand men of Numbers. I'm not going to read the whole passage. This is a, a, a passage we've looked at before. Numbers thirty-one. What's happening in Numbers thirty-one? When the nation of Israel came out of Egypt. A group of people persecuted them, and God said, it is time for that nation of people to pay. They were called the Midianites. So, so they raised an army, and they went, and they made them pay. And they brought back much spoil. And God had a formula how to distribute the spoil. All, right? all tithing is, is a formula, in case you're wondering. It's a formula. It was a formula. And they distributed according to the formula. They paid what they should have paid. And we pick up the story in Numbers 31, verse um, 48. And the officers which were over the thousands of the hosts, the captains of the thousands, and captains of hundreds, came near unto Moses. And they said unto Moses, Thy servants have taken the sum of the men of war which are under our charge, and there lacketh not one of us. We have therefore brought an oblation for the Lord, what every man hath gotten, of jewels, of gold, chains, and bracelets, rings, earrings, and tablets, to make an atonement for our souls before the Lord. When you have a chance to look at this passage, I would like you to go back and look. Okay? What were they supposed to offer? What did they did offer? And you'll find out gold, jewels, chains, bracelets, rings, earrings, were not part of the original formula. 
This was extra giving. What happened? The men sat back and they looked around and they saw what a great thing God had done and they were so humble they felt the word is compelled to give more. Okay. Contrast that with the people in Malachi. They had been given a land. They were, yes, maybe they weren't thriving, but they were alive. Maybe they weren't the great glorious kingdom of Israel they used to be, but they were there. And they were complaining. All right. Con contrast those two. Um, contrast how you feel about 2013. Is there some things in your life that you know beyond shadow of a doubt God blessed you powerfully? How did your giving compare to that of these 12,000 men? I want, I'm not talking money. All right. Money giving only. The tithe, I believe, can be applied to time. Okay. Time. Um, I got corrected this morning. There's 168 hours in a week. So, 16.8 of it belongs to God, if you think of tithing as a formula. Okay. If you come to Sunday school, Sunday worship, Sunday evening, Wednesday night prayer, that's about five hours out of your 16.8. If you, if, you, if you have devotions two hours a day for five days a week, that's ten more hours. Still short. See, that's what my point is. Tithing time. Tithing our resources. It doesn't have to be money. It doesn't have to be money. So these 12,000, they were compelled to give. It's an attitude of thankfulness. It's an attitude of gratefulness. It's, a, it's a humbling. When you think about how God works in our lives, it's humbling. He doesn't have to work in our life. He chooses to work in our lives. And it's humbling what he can do. And I think the problem with the people in Malachi's day, they didn't understand that. They were looking for God to richly bless them. They were his people. He put them in this land. And, and that's what they were looking for. And I think sometimes you and I, that's what we begin to look for too. And we need to be careful about this. Okay? We need to be careful about this. Prove me now, says the Lord here with, said the Lord of hosts, if I will not open you the windows of heaven and pour out you a blessing, there shall not be room enough to receive it. What does that look like to be blessed beyond ability to receive? I'll tell you a story. When Tabitha was 18 months, her second Christmas, my wife and I were not smart parents then. <laughs> and it was Christmas. She's the first granddaughter from my side of the family. She got a lot of stuff. And we made the mistake putting it all in front of her, and she just went to town. Eventually, she just sat down and cried. She had all the toys that she didn't unwrap. She had all the toys she had, and she just cried. And we realized we had overwhelmed her with all of that stuff. We became smarter after that. Right. But think about it. Think about being blessed so much, you can't receive the blessings. Wow. That's what I would like to have in 2014. There is a key here. After all this debate, uh, VJ was kind enough to read from verse 1. There's a huge debate going on in Malachi. The people are saying we're obeying God, God's saying you're not obeying. The people are saying we're tithing, God's saying you're not tithing. It's a huge debate. Okay? At the end of the debate, we come down to verse 16. Then they that feared the Lord spake often one to another, and the Lord hearkened and heard it. And a book of remembrance is written before him for them that feared the Lord and that fought upon his name. And they shall be mine, saith the Lord of hosts, in that day when I make up my jewels, 
and I will spare them as a man spareth his own son that serveth him. Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth not. It doesn't say all the people in the book of Malachi feared the Lord, does it? Some of them did. And God had a special blessing for those some. Okay? First of all, He remembered them. He claimed them as His. He said He would spare them as a man spares his son who serves him. You know, there are men that own a ranch and they put their kids to work along with hired help. Do you think that man treats the hired help or treats his children the way he treats the hired help? No. Okay. God has gifts special for us. God has special for us. And the final blessing that they got, and this really is, they could tell the difference between the one who does right and the one who does um, wrong. I want to, want to point out the blessings here that these, these God who feared the Lord were not prophet, and were not good health, was not power, etc., etc., etc. The blessings were God Himself and an accompanying wisdom. That's the blessings. That's the blessings. Maybe the people in Malachi were looking at the wrong thing. Maybe sometimes I'm convinced you and I, as Christians, we look at the wrong thing. Thing. I want to debate a little bit what's this fear of the Lord. Um, excuse me. What is this fear of the Lord? If you go over to John, John 5 in verse 24. Jesus says, Verily, verily, I say unto you, he that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath or has everlasting life. They shall not come into condemnation, but is passed from death unto life. Who fears the Lord? It's these people right here. The ones who hear his word and believe on him that sent him. And notice the blessing we get. We have everlasting It doesn't say will have what we have, where we sit, where we stand, everlasting life. And when does everlasting life end? Never. We have everlasting life. This is saving faith. And uh, when it talks about the fear of the Lord, there's two thoughts there. Okay, one of them is trembling. The second one is adoration. And both of them are present. When we fear the Lord, we're in awe of Him. We adore Him. When I was, when, whenever my daughters got, got me angry, they feared me punishing them. Okay? That, that, that's a part of the fear of God. But a saved person has a respect and an adoration for God that an unsaved person doesn't have. And this is part of that fear of the Lord. And we know the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. We know that, that because God, there's forgiveness with God, He may be feared, He may be adored. Okay? So that's really what one of the things we want to talk about, this fear of the Lord. Not everybody in Malachi feared the Lord. Not everybody today fears the Lord. Um, 
And sometimes it's, it is a little disheartening. I think of, I think of our society, right? Uh, uh, recently, a very public figure got into a lot of trouble for pointing out that homosexual behavior is sinful. Okay. Well, God hasn't changed. It was sinful then, it's sinful now, it's sinful Amen. tomorrow. Okay. And one of the things is, people react the way they reacted to that guy, and then we Christians are afraid to say anything because, because it's intimidating. And, but God's not changed. Okay. We, we can stand firm in what God has taught us to, to stand firm in. Um, he doesn't change. The government can change. The, the, our job can change. The year can change from 2013 to 2014. But God doesn't change. And yes, the passage really refers to His mercy, but everything else goes right along with it. And if we're among the saved people, we have eternal life, we are uncondemned. Okay, That's what that means. And we are free to worship Him fully. Whatever happens in 2013, we were delivered from that, weren't we? Whatever happened there. And whatever happens in 2014, we're going to be delivered from that too. How do I know? Because a believer has everlasting life. First of Thessalonians 1.10, we are delivered, past tense, delivered from the day of wrath to come. When you look back at 2013, do you see yourself like one of the people in Malachi? You weren't quite blessed. You weren't quite prosperous. Things just didn't quite add up, and you're not quite satisfied. Do you see yourself like the leaders of those 12,000 men? They went out. They came back. They were humbled by the power of God in their life, and they were compelled to give. And please, I'm not talking money only. Please, I'm not talking money only. My brother went to church. A lot of years he went to church. I said, Tim, what are you doing in church? Oh, I give. <laughs> I said, that's it? You go to church on Sunday morning and give money. That's it? No, it's giving much more than the tithe. Much more than the tithe. We were talking about pavement markings when I started, right? Here's one of the things that marks me when I'm going through life. Those pavement markings that put me, keep me in the road. How? The word is thankful, I suppose. Grateful am I in when God displays himself powerfully in my life. I can look at that. I can look at, if I'm not that grateful, then maybe I kind of ran over the stripe a little bit. Okay? But if I'm grateful, then I'm probably running okay. I'm probably running okay. So we look back at 2013, um, hopefully, hopefully you had a great year. I, I would not want anybody to say it was a bad year, uh, I'm sure some did. Myself, I'm not sure how great of a year it was. I certainly hope 2014 is a bigger blessing than 2013, that's normal, I hope not to offend anybody. Um, but when we look at, look at 2013, we can be grateful that God did some great things in our life. If, if it's only one great thing, or 15 great things, or 200 great things, I don't know. Okay? But there's some great things that He did. We should be grateful for those things. We should be thankful for those things. We should be worshiping Him for those things. And we should gain confidence when we look ahead to 2014.
He's going to get us through some things in 2014 if we are one who fears, parenthesis, adores the Lord. Uh, remember, those who fear the Lord, He knows us. Okay? It says He wrote a book of remembrance for them. Now, maybe He didn't write a book of remembrance for us, but our name is in the palm of His hand. He will treat us as special. We're not just servants, we are children. And then the one last thing I talked touched on, I didn't touch on it. Then shall ye return and discern between the righteous and the wicked, between him that serveth God and him that serveth him not. There's I've learned uh, as I'm trying to stay on my road, right? Certain stripes, certain guideposts stick out. One of them is right here. If I'm able to make a right decision, maybe, maybe, I'm fervent for God. And there's been times in my life I haven't made right decision after right decision. And I start to wonder, maybe somewhere I got off the road. And so I think this is, when I'm, when I'm in that situation, maybe I'm at work. Maybe I'm at work and I haven't done a right decision in two weeks. The first thing I look at is, well, how have I glorified God for those two weeks? Because I used to make right decisions at work. Okay. And so this is a, an, a special blessing people who fear the Lord have. We have. Not everybody can tell, discern between the righteous and the wicked. I'll tell you a story by way of illustration. Most of us are over 18. When I was 13 years old, I have three brothers, one sister, and it's the Saturday before school opens, and where I come from, that means it was the second Saturday in August. So my brothers and I and my dad are sitting in the car waiting for my um, mother and my sister, and I don't know how it came up now, but the topic of how, how, how does sex feel came up, and I was 13. And my dad said, it's good only if it's with the one you're married to. And I never forgot that sentence. I went through high school. I wasn't looking for girlfriends. I was looking for one. I went to college. I wasn't looking for girlfriends. I was looking for that one. Now, when I was 33, my sister, who's two years younger than me, met a boyfriend. Um, my dad tells and and his boyfriend wants to marry her, but she doesn't seem like she wants to marry him, so he suggested cohabitation, which really upset me. And my dad said, well, what's wrong with that? In 20 years, he had changed totally his tone, hadn't he? From only with the one you're married to, cohabitation. And the issue here is being able to discern him that does right from him that's doing wicked. My dad doesn't care about God. He thinks he's living in heaven now. And I said, you know, there's, that's a big debate. He thinks he's living in heaven now. But he cannot discern wickedness from rightness. And in 20 years, I saw him change. Okay. If we are saved people, if we are saved people, if we are fervent for God, if we are walking the way he wants us to walk, we will be given that ability to tell right from wrong. It is a blessing. And I use that blessing to evaluate how I'm walking. How I'm walking. Thankfulness, or gratefulness, 
and rightly deciding wickedness and evil are two of the guideposts I use. Two I'm going to mention, I'm not going to talk about, joy. There should be some joy in our lives. And fervor for his word. How much am I really in his word? Those four, those four guideposts, those four stripes on my page road. In conclusion, the Lord just doesn't change. The people change. Society's changing. Look at our society, how it's changed even in the four years or five years, uh, last four or five years. Life circumstances change. Sometimes we're having trouble to pay bills. Sometimes we have more money than, you know, we know what we can do with. Temporarily, of course. His mercy is new every morning. Let's not forget that. My wife's favorite verse. He doesn't change, and His mercy is new every morning. And we are not condemned. We are not condemned. And that alone should be blessing enough. However, in the book of Malachi, the people didn't see that as a blessing enough. The fact that they were not condemned, they were looking for profitability of serving God. They, they considered a weariness to serve God, and they didn't see themselves as blessed. And they were not thankful that they were spared. Remember, they come from a world where people were destroyed, people were relocated, people were put back. And they seem to have not been thankful that they were among those who were put back. In that same world, there were some who feared the Lord, and they were given wisdom, and they were blessed. In, in America today, not everybody's a Christian. But some of us are. And we're special people to him. Okay? We're jewels, he calls us. Jewels. And we are blessed. Because we are not consumed. As we say goodbye to 2013, you know, some people are happy. Goodbye. And we say hello to 2014. Yes. Let's not forget, in 2013, some great things happened to us that we should be grateful for. And let's be con. Cognizant. Cognizant. In 2014, whatever happens, if God is with us, we'll overcome it and be blessed. This ability to tell wisdom, I cannot emphasize it enough. We need to be people who can rightly decide the ones doing wicked rightness from the ones doing wickedness. I cannot emphasize that enough. And it is a blessing and only people, only people who fear the Lord have this blessing. And I trust that this morning you are one such person. Shall we pray? <laughs> Heavenly Father, we have just finished celebrating the Christmas season remembrances of how you entered the world as a baby boy and you did it to save us and now Lord as we look at changing from 2013 whatever happened there is past to 2014 you already know what's going to happen there might we be found evaluating ourselves as we went through 2013 might we be found working to have you more a part of our life as we move into um, 2014. Imagine, O oh Lord, that we might be blessed to the point that we have no more room to receive. 
Help us to be so worthy of such a blessing, O God. I thank you now for each one in this room. And if there's one not saved, Lord, I pray for that one. Might this day be saved because your spirit is moving down. Yes, I want to be saved. I pray for that one, O Lord. I pray for the rest of us. We would never lose sight of the fact. Yes, there was a day we were saved. There was a day we said yes to the Lord. We are no less dependent on your spirit in our life today than we were then. And we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen.